Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Peterson. Thank you for being with me. So here's what's happening today. So I found out on Thursday night we had the women's forum. And uh, they were trying to, I guess somebody was trying to set up a little surprise birthday party for me today. But at the end of the meeting, ladies informed me that there was a party. Because they were like, oh, make sure you don't eat Sunday morning. I'm like, why not? They're like, oh, what do you like? What do you like? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And then they said, well, we're going to have a lot of food here on Sunday. Remember that, Cheryl? Cheryl will lead it away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they call themselves having a little party. So, so today I have to end on time. And what time do I have to end? Uh, 12.30. I have to end at 12.30? Okay. 12.30, I'm told. And so whatever your questions and comments are, you can get them to me at uh, our YouTube channel, chat line. All right. Good morning to everybody here again. Hi, y'all. Good. So one thing I want to bring up really fast is the uh, abortion bill in Alabama. Did y'all hear about that? That's amazing, huh? Mary, what do you think about that? I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, hold on for the mic there. I think it's very wonderful that they finally agree that life begins at conception and they want to preserve it, whether it's rape, whatever. It's just a baby. About time. About time. Because the the children of the lie were going out of control with the abortion issue. They let the baby come out and die at the ninth month. Can you imagine that? Also, there's I didn't realize 60 million babies have been aborted. That's amazing. I'm surprised God let us hang on. 60 million babies been killed. And I often wonder what kind of person would fight to kill their own child in their womb. What has happened to a person like that that would do something like that? Uh, so Alabama and then another state passed it too. Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Not as strong as that bill. Uh, the the uh, president tweeted out that he is pro-life, right? Pro-life, even though he's not, he think that if a woman is raped or in, incest, she should be able to kill the baby. I disagree with that part. Yeah, I disagree. But anyway, good news for that. Uh, and my biblical question, yes, sir. There's a lady named Emily. Um, she posed naked to protest against it. What? There's this model who who's uh, against that law, and she actually posed naked for it. Um, for for the law against it. Against it. Oh. Yeah. Just uh, nasty. <laughs> I wonder why a lot of women have to take their clothes off all the time to get back at men. What happened with that made them want to do that? Because I noticed I saw a commercial or some type of advertisement where these four women had had a baby or something. And as a result, their stomachs all messed up, all stretched and fat and marks. And, and they had gained a lot of weight. And so they said, well, woman body is beautiful no matter what. And so they took off all their clothes except for a little thing. And I'm like, why? Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> what does it prove, though? You know what I'm saying? How come they always, and even the singers, people, females who are singing, they want to sing like Beyonce. They want to sing with nothing on. And I don't quite understand the point. I think I kind of understand the point, but not all the way. 
Do you understand the point yet? Yeah, it attracts attention. It's what? It gets attention. What kind of attention? Oh, come on. Every guy in the world would look at that. I, I mean, you know. But they don't want to be seen that way yet. They get naked. Well, then that's just a tease. That's a tease? Yeah. Oh. Which is more powerful than getting attention by itself. Tease works. Yeah, tease works really well. Oh, okay. The young lady behind, what, what were you saying about it? What? What do you think about it? How come um, women have to get naked to perform? I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I think they're using darker, low, lower level energy and that's, you know, dark sexual energy to try and sort of blind the masses and almost like a, like a, you know, mass seduction is really what it is. Oh, that's what You don't I mean. have to, to be a performer and take your clothes off to get the message across. That's right. But, uh. When but, I was growing up, Dad and Ross and all those women, they, they were great entertainers. And they classy, never took off their clothes. Classy and beautiful. Classy and sing and put on a good show and all kind of stuff. And you never even thought of them taking off their clothes. Well, we'll bring that back. I think they're insecure too, those women. Yeah, absolutely. So did you talk to your mother? Did I talk to my mother? Uh huh. About what? Were you here last Sunday? It was not. I, I was at the walk away event a few oh, weeks okay. ago. You yeah. look like another all white people look alike. So. <laughs> <laughs> you look like another young lady that was here for, uh, uh, for what's your name? Nicole. Nicole, welcome. Thank you. Any questions for me? Not yet. I've done like, my research. Oh, okay. Saw you at the walk away event. Like what right. I saw. That was amazing, huh? That was amazing. Yeah. That the was walk good away times. was fun. Um, so my biblical question, anybody have any questions? No? Uh, my biblical question, all who sin are slaves. Anybody want to respond to that, what that mean? What does it mean? Yes, sir. Right, hold on for the mic. It means <clears throat> once you start that lifestyle, it's much more easier to just make an excuse to keep going about it. What well, lifestyle? To just our sin, you know, if you're angry, well, I'm already angry. Might as well keep it going. If they keep doing this to me, might as well just keep doing it. You're yeah. already stuck in your ways because that's such a powerful control over you. That Amazing. it's it's You don't want to break away from it because it's different. It's change. Well, I'm already like that. Why am I going to change for like, it's everyone else that needs to change. It ain't me. Yeah. Amazing. Chanel, so. what does that mean? All who sin are slaves. You've heard that before? Yeah. And what does it mean? <laughs> I think essentially when you're, when you're separated from God, you're under Satan's control. And sin is a, is a nature within you that you can't personally fight by human willpower. And so... Um, even when you don't want to do it, you still do, and you know it's wrong, um, and you continue to do it even though you don't want to. So uh, it's more of a control that human willpower can't overcome. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many people here sin? You're sinning. Oh, good. A lot of sinners. And why And why, why are you sinning? Hold on for the mic. This is your first time here? Yeah, yes, sir. Oh, okay. How old are you? 25. And you sin, right? I do. Uh, I hate to ask what kind of sin. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Uh, it, as long as it's not too graphic, what type of sin you commit? Well, I mean, anytime you fall short of a standard, 
especially as far as God's standards, it's a sin. What is the standard? I couldn't go into details solely because I'm not very well read with the Bible. But even as far as like the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal, murder, etc. Some of them are very easy to avoid, right? Like killing. Right. Easy to avoid because you're not inclined to it. But other things like coveting, feeling jealous of your neighbor, I think all of us fall short, but some of us... So have you felt any of those things? Absolutely. Like what, for example? Like, there have been instances... I'm a dancer, and so... You're a dancer? Yes, sir. You ever heard of Joel? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually how we met. We connected through dance. Oh, yeah? Right on. And so there have been instances where one person's success, seeing someone succeed, almost feels like a personal attack where it's like, what are they doing that they're so deserving of it that I'm not deserving of it? You know, where someone else's success, like, directs your attention to your shortcomings and your failure. And that's coveting. That's jealousness. And I don't think it's an uncommon emotion. And I think that... I'm just, you don't think it's uncommon? What do you yeah, mean? I think many people can relate to that. Oh, okay. And it's just it's just that for all the people that can relate to it, very few are willing to admit it. Right. Yeah. Amazing. So. Um, this is your first time here? Yes, sir. Are you close to your father? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Like, we, we could be closer. We could be closer. And why aren't you close to him? We just have different communication styles and different philosophies. So to ask... I would say I'm more selfish as far as where I put my attention and the things that I care about, whereas he's a bit more selfless. He's more concerned with how his actions influence other people, other people's perception of him, and I'm just, I'm more selfish. You are, you're like your mother? I mean, kind of, but not necessarily. I'm obsessed with making sure that I'm okay and that I'm doing things to order, not putting the cart before the horse. Right. And I won't be concerned about other people until I'm absolutely certain that my side of things is okay. Amazing. Are you a um, millennial? Yeah, I was born in 93. So I I, I think I'd be considered a millennial. Is that a millennial? Yeah, Yeah, you are. You sound like one. (laughs) (laughs) Millennials are very, very interesting. I'm going to have a town hall about it. On on the fall of state, I'm going to invite a bunch of millennial men and women, and we're just going to have an open dialogue about it. But I noticed that they're very talented on one hand, but on the other hand, they're very selfish and and they can't take criticism. They don't want to be told that they're wrong. And if another millennial should do something good, they would not acknowledge it. There, something happened to the uh, other half. Have you noticed that? I have, but that's one big thing. Again, I'm, I'm more concerned with myself. And so I've made myself <laughs> open to criticism. If I'm wrong on something, if I'm doing something incorrect, yeah. I'm welcoming criticism. I want to hear about it because right. you might see something that I don't see. On the other hand, I'm not going to criticize you. I don't care what you're doing, frankly. Like, but if you see something I'm doing wrong, please tell me. I want to improve. I want to better myself. But you don't care what the other person is doing. Correct. That's I, amazing. Yeah. I just. You just love yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And do you love anybody else? I do to the best of my abilities, but I can only love them so far as I love myself. How far so, is that? As as far as I've managed it, pretty well. I'd say pretty well. Uh, yeah. Are you dating or married? No, no, not dating, not married. And why not? It's a distraction for the stage of life that I'm in right now. Oh, I see. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I've tried managing dating and it just it takes away from my focus. You like can, for all the effort I'm getting in, I'm uh-huh. not getting much out of it in return. Oh, you put a lot of effort into dating? 100%. I used to, yeah. And why? I felt really insecure as though not having a partner meant that there was something wrong with me. A partner? A partner, yeah. Oh, you date men? No, women. <laughs> date, I date what women. What do you mean by partner? By partner, I mean Don't someone that I can share. I can share my insights with. They can share their insights with me. It's like steel sharpening steel oh, kind of an interaction. Don't use the word partner. Say girlfriend or fiance or wife. The gay people say partner. <laughs> I they feel try like to partner. make you accept it as a norm. Well, yeah, but partner is more accurate for, no. for the depth of the relationship. Uh-uh. You don't think so? No, girlfriend, fiance, or wife. Now, if you're in business with a person, that's a business partner. If you ride a bike with a person, that's bite partner. Okay. Uh, but they're trying to make it be accepted as norm. Now straight people call it a partner. But the normal way for a guy and a girl is boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or wife or husband. Mm. You didn't know that? I mean, I'm just curious, where is your standard of normal coming from? Is from, it coming from how things were done in the past? From God. Oh, in the Bible, he mentions girlfriend, boyfriend. He married them. He created the man and the woman, and he married them, not a partner. But, I mean, the term boyfriend versus, or girlfriend versus partner, that, that was by God? Uh-huh. And the partner was by Satan. Where does it say that in the Bible? I mean, again, I'm going to just take your word for it, but I'm curious. Where, where is that set at? Are you okay with gay marriage? I, So-called gay marriage. I mean, I'm straight, so I don't, I don't concern myself with that. Um, Why not? Because it doesn't affect me. But like, it's happening all. in your world, and it's influencing society. Because look at you saying partner. You can't imagine not saying partner. And in the well, good I, old I days, said, boy who boys, never said that. But. In good old days, who boy who boys, they couldn't, they would have never say partner. It's a girlfriend or a wife, fiance or a wife, not a partner. Unless they had a business. I went to a hotel once, mm-hmm. and uh, I had my bodyguard with me, and we signed in at the at the uh, at the registered desk, yeah. and uh, and they said, well, so you're in room whatever, and your partner's in this other room. I'm like, that's not my partner. <laughs> I see. I let her know right away, there's not a partner. So, I mean, but you could say it if you like it. Yeah, no, I, I can appreciate your distinction. For yeah, sure. you could say it. Uh, any questions for me? Oh, no. no. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, I saw some other hands. Oh, sinners, huh? Did you raise your hand? You sin? Uh as long as it's not too personal, what type of sin you commit? Um, I still judge. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, you just like your mother? Yeah, for sure. Why don't you overcome it? Why haven't you overcome it? Um, I don't know. I started watching some of your podcasts about the forgiving your father and your mother. And, right. And um, I don't know if I'm too literal, but I just it's 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 something difficult for me. Um, I don't. I don't know my father, but my mom. You don't I, know your father? I met him one time. That's amazing. Yeah. And when you ask about him, what do they say about him? She never said anything bad about him. Why have you gone and met him again? Um, he's not a very. Uh, 
I don't really know what the word to use, but it was when I met him one time, we almost got in a fight. So and why? If I'm just to try and think, why, on on my end, I just wanted to see him. Um, but on his end, I guess if I was just taking a guess, maybe it was the way I showed up all of a sudden into his life. And did you attack him when you first showed up? No. What did you do? I was just kind of in awe. Like he was, uh, he was kind of like yelling at me and. You know, asking me, like, am I looking for some dad or, you know. How old were you? I was 18. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, you should go back and forgive him. Yeah. I, I mean, I watch your show. Oh, yeah. I, I watch church. Oh, you want to do it? I know I need to, but um, I'm a little hesitant, I guess. I'm not you, ready quite yet. Why not? I'm not sure. I will encourage you to do it. Otherwise, you may end up with a partner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why haven't you done it? What's that? Why? What are you afraid of? Why are you? Why are you holding back? Um, I don't. I'm not very good at explaining, or um, like when you say it, I can understand how when you're saying it, I can understand how that works. But then for me to take that and go do it, it kind of becomes cloudy for me, or I don't. So it's hard to go and say, "Hey, I'm sorry for holding grudges against you." I'm wrong. I guess I could do that. That's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably overthinking it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't done it with your mother or father? No. And why not your mother? Um, she is, uh, I mean, I've always been a mama's boy, right? She's amazing. She, I know. And Maybe that, I'm just like my mama. <laughs> She's never satisfied. <laughs> Um, what does it feel like to be a mama's boy? That's all I know. I don't know any different. I mean, it feels uh, she was always very protective over me. Um, we were really close when I was younger. We're not very close right now. Why not? Uh, she uses drugs. She uses drugs? Yeah. Okay. And I used to use drugs. So. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to overcome being a mama's boy? Yeah, for sure. Well, then you got to face her. Yeah. Because you have her nature inside of you. You're not yourself. Yeah. You're her. And if you have a date, are you married? Yeah. You're married? Yeah. You're married? Yeah. <laughs> you're married? How old are you? Um, 41. And so you have any kids? No, but my wife has a kid. You married a woman with children? Yeah. What's, oh, you're a mama's boy, all right. Yeah. <laughs> now she got two. Yeah. You and her other son. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I mean, your other child. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. Yeah. Um, that didn't she, really make sense to me until I started watching some of your shows. I see what you're saying. Though. And what does she say about you being a mama's boy? She doesn't say that. She, doesn't, she, from her perspective, doesn't think I'm a mama's boy. What does she think about you? She thinks I'm uh, a strong man. Why does she think that? Maybe because she's confused. Like, because I've... So, like, I overcame drugs. Um, I never, I had my first job when I was 37. I've always been a criminal and, and was into drugs and all that kind of stuff. And I overcame that, went to recovery. And uh, I don't hang around any of those people anymore. Like, I, I, I got real focused on changing my life. So, I think she takes that as, like, I'm a strong man. Oh, I see. Yeah. But your life I think, really—I don't, did, I don't know. Your life really didn't change. You just went from one drug to another one. <clears throat> because yeah. if your life had changed, you could face your mother and father. You wouldn't have fear. 
I think I could face him. I'm just overthinking it, kind of. Uh-huh. I'm making it more complicated, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I encourage you to go and forgive them. Yeah. And don't, don't plan it. Just go and do it. Don't plan what you're going to say and how you're going to act. Wait and see. Because Satan will use that against you. Yeah. All right? Okay. Um, let me do this. I want uh, Caesar going to read John 8, 3, 4. And uh, Ed going to read Romans 6. This is about being a sin to slave. And the purpose of reading this, because I want you to know that you've been lied to by the children of the lie. That means the preachers and everybody. They've been lying to you that you're supposed to be suffering like this. And as long as you are doing it wrong, it's going to turn out wrong. If you don't keep the commandments, you can expect life to be hard. It will be hard no matter what you do. But if you keep the commandments, it's not going to be hard. But I want you to hear something first that's really good. And so, Ed's going to read... What are you going to read? Romans 8-something. No, 6-6. Six, six. Romans 6? Yeah. And Christine going to read... Six, Romans 6, 16. We're going to move real fast. So Normally I don't do this, but this stuff is so good. One more time. Six what? Six. The whole thing. No, Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Got it. You can tell you don't read the Bible. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Christine going to read Romans 6, verse 16. I left my Bible at home. What? You left your Bible at home? Do you have a phone? I knew you had the phone. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you want to read Romans 6, 17? Yeah. Okay. So, Caesar, hit it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm brown and slow. What do you need? Six, what, six? what is it? Six, six? Uh, John 8, 34. John 8, 34. For Caesar. <laughs> oh, man, this is so good. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Is it what? Servant of Of sin. Of sin? Absolutely. Uh, It reads a little different in some Bibles. They say you're a slave to it, but you really are. Okay? Uh, And in 6, Romans 6, 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would, we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Isn't that amazing? Did you hear that? Who did not hear it? Oh, a little louder, Ed. This is so interesting. We and know Ed, that I want our... you to comment on what you think it's saying. All right? Ready? Yeah. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Did you hear that? Yeah, what does that mean to you? Well, uh, I don't know. I can read things without understanding them. Actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. It's a white guy thing, you know. Yeah. But, um, so it would say that, I mean, really, in the crucifixion, then, the body of sin, the the the, the things that, are superficial and material, right? The body of sin might be brought to nothing. So the things that, that, that cause sin died with the crucifixion. 
What do you say? Did you have you ever read that, Kathleen? Before? Uh, I mean, not Kathleen. Uh, what's, what's your wife's name? Brenda. Brenda. Sorry, Brenda. Uh, what does that mean to you when you hear that? Uh, that we, when we're caught up in sin, that we are a slave to sin, that we continue in sin. Read, it, read what Ed just read real loud for us. Get your glasses? No, don't make me read it. I don't have my reading glasses. Oh. Those are too strong. You don't have me. your reading glasses? No. Read it, Ed, again. <laughs> <laughs> we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Okay. Yes, ma'am, what does it mean to you? I was just thinking maybe with Jesus' crucifixion, he died for our sins. Is that what it's trying to say? Yeah. Okay. What I want you to know, when uh, Adam listened to Eve, who had listened to Satan, they fell away from God. And as a result of that, and I mentioned this before, we are all subject to sin. We were subject. had no other choice. And so there was no way out. And then God said, all right, let me just help these folks down here. He like, so Jesus was hanging out having some coffee and a couple over easy eggs. And, and his daddy went over to him and said, you know, I need you to go down there and save those people from sin. I want you to reverse that order. I want you to give your life so that you could reverse the order. And that way they don't have to be concerned about it. And so Jesus said, all right. <laughs> Can I finish breakfast first? And he said, yes, you can finish breakfast. He finished breakfast, and he took United Airlines, and he came down. He came down. And as a result, he bought us back. When he was crucified, it was done. And that's why in the Bible it says, anyone who sinned and say that they are God, they are a lie, and the truth is not in them. For this reason, Christ came so that he could free you from sin. And so if you say that you're a child of God and you still sin, you still Satan. Satan is your daddy. You're lying to yourself. Because we don't have to sin. We could be free. And the children of the lie notice. Well, I don't know if they know it, but they're working for Satan. That's why they have to corrupt you. They have to educate you. They have to teach you the Bible, they have to teach you academics and how to do everything, because if, if you knew that you were free and if you live right and did right, that you can have a free life, they can't control you. And so they have to corrupt you with the Bible, with, with uh, higher education. You know how everybody have a PhD and SAD and STDs and all kinds of degrees, right? They got to corrupt you in order to control you. But really, you're free and just don't know it. You're not supposed to be. If you knew that you were free, you wouldn't be having sex out of wedlock. You wouldn't be living together before marriage. You would be doing it right. And as a result of doing it right, your life would be good. It would be perfect. It would absolutely be perfect. But because you're in a, you've been lied to from your parents and not haven't seen good examples, you are suffering unnecessarily. You really are. Unnecessarily. 
It's so amazing to see that. Yeah, Chanel? Um, yeah, I was going to say that um, you misquoted that scripture because it says that um, he who says that he doesn't have sin is a liar. It doesn't say if a child of God sins, they're a liar and the truth is not in them. It actually says if a person says they don't sin, the truth is not in that's them. That's not what it says. No, that's what that verse says. No, that's not what it says. I can look it up and read it. It's in First John. First John, uh, read First John. Uh, it doesn't say that. Kind of says that. First <laughs> uh, John five. Um, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Rest my case. But but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. And then verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His word is not in us. And the purpose is, the point is, we were born in sin. We were born into crazy families. And as a result of having crazy parents, we end up hating our parents. We get angry at them because they traumatize us. And that's when you fall away from the light and wake up into the darkness, right? And so in that darkness, you are sinning because you're hating. You're judging and you're overreacting, right? And so when you become an adult, you start to examine yourself. Then you repent by forgiving. And when you return to the Father, you return to God. And once you return to the Father, you can no longer sin. And that's why God said that if you say that you're a, a son, I'm, I don't know all the verses, but you're a son of God or something, and you sin, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you, because for this reason Christ came that you might not sin, because sin is of the devil. So he came so you cannot sin. But the preachers are lying to you because they're still sinning, and they have been told by Satan that you cannot sin, so they're telling you, oh, everybody's sin, no problem. Just come down and accept Jesus. And look how you're suffering. What the purpose of Jesus coming and doing that if you're still going to suffer? You might well stay at home and have dinner. I'm telling you, you've been lied to. You can be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. You could be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. He said be holy. A sinner is not holy. A sinner is not perfect. And we all, the reason you're repenting is because you are sinning, right? And so once you are over it, you have sinned, but you sin no more. It's a brand new thing. It's a brand new life. You start living again as a son or daughter of God. And so I wouldn't listen to a preacher or rabbi or a sister in white that tell me that I could sin and be of God. It's a total lie. It's a deception from the devil. I haven't met one happy sinner yet. Even those that say that they're happy, behind closed doors, they are not happy. And I'm telling you this because you've been lied to. And Satan is uh, enforcing that lie by convincing you that you can't be better. Did you have here? Yes, sir. Once you drop, the sin is not the things that you do, like the overeating or smoking a pot. You smoke pot? No. Uh, you, have you ever smoked pot? 
I've tried twice. I thought so. No, okay. <laughs> the sin is not the things you do, but it's the cause of sin that makes you do the things you do. Because anyone who has anger or judging, and you are, and as you judge, you are playing God. And so you're separated from God to be your own God. And when you're separated, you're going to suffer. You're going to look for love. You're going to look for money. You're going to look for something to make you feel better. But if you stop judging, just become a living being, you'll be fulfilled and you won't look for anything. It'll be as though nothing is missing. That's the difference. It's unfortunate that we've been lied to for so long. But once you wake up, it'll be as though you, you miss nothing. Yes, sir. So I understand that uh, you explain sin as the judgment of the action, not, not necessarily the action in of itself. Right. Do you still make mistakes? A mistake is not a sin. Right. Can you elaborate on that? I don't hate anyone. Even I yourself, love, if you I, kind of messed up on something. But that's not the sin, though. Right, right. Let's say that I accidentally cut my hair too short. Yeah. That's not a sin. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so that's what I mean. So, like, you still make a mistake, but you're not necessarily judging yourself for the mistake. You're oh, grim. no. So you, when you make a mistake, how do you go through it? Say, like, you know, you did. You cut your hair too short. How do you deal with it? Does the devil tell you, hey, you messed up and you need to judge yourself? He will talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. But children of God recognize Satan's voice now, mm-hmm. and they don't give it to the voice. That's why he said, my children should know me by my voice. Because his voice is a voiceless voice. It's a voiceless voice. And every time you listen to the voice in your head, then you listen to your dad as Satan. So if I cut my hair too short, and I look in the mirror, say, like, your hair don't look right. But I recognize his voice now, so it doesn't bother me. But before I recognize his voice, if he told me my hair didn't look right, I have pain. I'll try to straighten it out myself or do something. But now I know that he's lying to me. Because I know his voice now. So do you make mistakes? Yeah. Like? Anything. Yeah, yeah I make mistakes. I stop my toe. I, right. I, yeah, I make mistakes, I guess. Not yeah. a lot of them, I guess. But, but that doesn't have anything to do with sinning. Right. Unless I judge myself for a mistake. Oh, I'm dumb. I'm stupid. And I hate myself for right. it. Then that's the sin. So would you make a mistake? Discern that you made the mistake. What now? Discern that you made the mistake without judgment and say, okay, I'm not going to cut my hair so short next time. That's okay? I guess. I never, I don't understand that question. I don't know what that, it's not, a mistake is not a big deal. So when I make a mistake, I don't think about it really. It's not like something I would think about. Right. So I would neither hate or discern. Okay. It was just a super mistake. Right. Got it. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Like, for example, my bed is close to the bathroom in my room there. And sometimes when I get up late in the night, I'm just shot sleepy. And I stomp my toe on the, on, the, on the bed thing. You ever done that? Sure. I'm like, this stupid bed. And that's it. Right. I'm like, oh, that hurt. But I don't think of it as a bad thing or a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I went and cheated with a woman or something, then that would be pretty serious for me. I still wouldn't judge myself for it, but I would definitely take more. (laughs) 
And the reason I wouldn't judge myself because I know now I am not God and I don't have a right to judge. Not even myself or anyone else. Oh, and this is what I want to add, too. You just made me think about something. Uh, without going into what we talked about, I want to tell all the ladies who are married or dating or thinking about marriage or getting a date uh, or getting a date. Once you wake up, the, when you first wake up in life, just know that you got to grow. So you say may still come by and tempt you to do something still crazy stuff. Your husband may be late and you get mad at him, right? And you think, wow, I'm mad at him. And then you start judging yourself for being mad and you feel worse about it. Be patient with yourself when you go through that. Because you're learning, you're growing, uh, spiritually, you're growing away from Satan. You know what I'm saying? And so, ladies, when you make a mistake, and you're, I mean, not a mistake, but when you give in to the temptation of Satan, because you're not you're not convinced yet that it's not you, but that is him. Don't trip out. It doesn't mean that God left you. It doesn't mean that you didn't wake up. It just meant you gave into the temptation of Satan's voice because you didn't see it coming. All right. So be patient with yourself. That makes sense. All right. Uh, who did I see first? I saw here. Then I come there. Chardell, and then the rest of you. Right here. Is this making sense a little bit? Yes. I have a little more to share to you that can hopefully help. Yes. So what I heard is when we do the silent prayer, we go to that state of nothing, nothingness. Yes. And I think that's what I'm hearing is we just need to get to a place where we are nothing. When we recognize that we're nothing, that we have no thoughts, that we are That no you're labels. not your thought. You may still say been trying to tempt you with them, but they're not yours. The moment you... Recognize the voice of God and doubt every thought in your head. Bring every thought into captivity. No such thing as a true thought. Uh, uh, an example is if, if I'm married and my wife said, I promise never to burn the bread again. I'll pay attention, right? She's cooking dinner. And then I said, okay. And then I come home a few days later and she burned the bread again. Right away, Satan said, she lied to you. She's up to something, right? If I believe that, it starts a whole argument. It's like she's always lying. You never can trust her. And then one thing leads to another one. But if he told me that, let's say she burned the bread later, and he told me that, remember when she said she wouldn't do it again? If I just let that pass, it'll work out fine. Because I wouldn't judge her. We could deal with it. It wouldn't be a big deal. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. So every thought should, because he get involved with everything, everything. Yes, yes, he does. That's why God wants us to recognize his voice. It's not, our voice is not the voice of God. You got to doubt every thought. Every thought is a lie. Okay. Um, let me take Chanel, then I come back here. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I was, I think a lot of times when people hear you say, I don't sin, um, or as a Christian, you're not supposed to sin or yield your body over to sin. No, as a Christian, you can't sin. Right. As a Christian, you can't sin. Right. And, but I think the, the understanding, and that's true, but the understanding is that you will encounter temptations to sin. Because the temptations don't go away because you're a Christian. They're still there. But the idea is that Jesus overcame that power and that bondage. So that's why he said sin won't have dominion over you. So you're, you're still going to encounter 
the temptation to sin, but now Jesus gave us the power to overcome it, which whereas before we didn't have that power. You made an example of encounter the temptation to sin. Um, for instance, like um, for me, like last year, I, I was involved involved with a guy and I told him, I mean, he, he was supposed to, he's supposedly a Christian man, but I said that I wouldn't um, kiss before marriage or have sex before marriage. Um, and so what happened was there were moments where he, it, it was like we would be in a in a in an environment where I was being tempted because he's close to me. I'm like we could actually go there, right. um, but in in my spirit and my faith being in Christ, I I have the power to overcome that. So I'm going to encounter the temptation to sin, but as a Christian, I don't have to yield myself over. So to it. W- what aspect of that is the sin? You were tempted to do what? Um, to go outside of God's order, um, to by doing what? By being with Him? Yeah, being oh. with Him. Um, oh, that's so good. How many people agree? You agree with her? I, not, you, not like being with Him. No, but I don't mean like, like no. taking it to that. Well, you, the sin aspect for what you're saying is the fact you were tempted to kiss Him or right. have sex or whatever, right? Right. And, and if had you done that, you would have gone outside of God. Yeah, it would have right. been outside of God's order. Okay, so the temptation was to kiss him, and that, that's the sin. Yeah. Okay, and you say you agree with that? In somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. Now she all raised her hand now somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Beta! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and you, um, what part of that you agree with? Um, that temptation will be there. Oh, and if she had gone... All the way, had to say, I don't wear lock and kiss him. And would that have been the sin? No. What would have been the sin? Because she said that would, that's what the sin is. That's what it takes you outside of God. That's not the sin. The sin is the reason why you're having sex out of wedlock. Like the, the, the spirit in you that you're listening to and caving into. You're trying to fulfill a need through that action. You're finding, trying to find love and that and whatever well, she's it is. already a Christian and she you know she believed in God and so if she's with the boyfriend and he's a Christian and she's a Christian and when two Christians come together you know it's gonna be holy right <laughs> it's, no I'm kidding okay but she resisted because she believed in God yeah. because had she done it she would have gone outside of, of God she would have sinned do you agree with that am I saying it right Shana yeah okay is she right about that? Well, the sin is not to, is not the kissing. I mean, the kissing, I think, opens the door for other things to happen. Um, so it's not a sin to kiss someone. But if, obviously, the sin is the spirit that if you have sex with someone out of wedlock, the actual act is not the sin. It's why you're doing it. You, it's, you're trying to, like, find or... In a way, it's like some kind of drug. You're trying to find love, or you know, you're, you're trying to get something out of that action. I guess I don't know. <laughs> uh, may well, anybody she- know her? <laughs> she need an Uber. No, I'm playing. No, no, you're close. Uh-huh. This well, is such a good point, too. But, so, can I respond to that, though? Yes. Be- because oh, get the mic. You have the mic. Yeah, I have it. Oh, okay. 
because if you go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve, they were they were gods. They were him. They were his, you know, his creation. They were one with the Father. And he told them there was one thing they should they were not they wasn't supposed to do and he told them the consequences of doing that thing. And that was the sin, was disobeying God, disobeying his instruction, disobeying what he had laid out was his righteousness and his standard of holiness. So as so soon as they sinned, yeah, it obviously put us into this fallen um, state. Right. Um, so, so for me, it, it wasn't like the sin I, has had nothing to do with the intention or whether I was looking for love in that place. It, the sin was the disobedience. You know, if I if and I the have disobedience that. was to get rid of God and to not marry to right. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Amazing. Yeah. It's so good. I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, Yes, Mar. I disagree in that the sin was not the disobedience. That's where a lot of Christians go wrong. What's the sin? The sin of Adam and Eve originally was believing the devil, which leads to the disobedience. See, the disobedience is just the um, end result of what you believe. This is so amazing. I love it. No, I'm totally loving it right now. Don't stop. Yeah, uh, I saw another hand somewhere in here. Oh, wait, that yeah. Oh, and then right here, man. Give him the mic. I'm coming here next year. Oh, right here, this guy, the young man in black. Yes. Yeah, I don't think it's a sin. I think it's kind of like driving without a license. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't have a driver's license, but still driving anyways. That's you know, amazing. you might go to jail and. You know, but it's not a sin. And not what's not a sin? The the sex and the kissing. You would say that. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> um, I'll come back to that. Right here, yes, sir. Well, well, according to the Bible story, it was after they had committed the action that was the result of the thought that their eyes were opened and that they became um, that they realized they were naked so I think it's not necessarily the consequence but the actual thought that set the whole stage up for us to fall and to become you think the the actual thoughts yes that set the stage up for what for the action to take place and it goes back to a lot of what you say when you talk about uh, disbelieve or doubt any thought that you have in your mind. So with her being in that situation with this guy, she's getting all these inputs, and they're not her thoughts. Well, she just used that for an example. Yeah, she's not and, and I'm going to continue to use it. So she's no. getting all these oh. inputs. She's getting all these inputs, and the way I look at it, it was like I was watching this old movie of the 90s, and in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there saying, this set me up to behave a certain way towards women. And I see this same pattern happening in other movies, too. And so all of these things get kind of put into your brain, and then there's other little thoughts happening. And it's, it's truly like what you said. You have to totally doubt all of these things that you think you know, because the... John, one thing I want to the story in John, it said we know 
certain things. And that's basically what I've heard in philosophy that nobody knows. Like Socrates was supposedly the wisest man in all of Greece, and he says, one thing I know is I know nothing. Who is Socrates? Socrates is dead. I'll rest my case. He's a a, a (laughs) well-venerated philosopher of Western culture, and... And he oh, said he knows no nothing, he and it's just kind of funny how the Bible teaches that we can know so many things in this world. Okay. I got to do this because of time, and I know I'm glad everybody wants to participate, right? But who had, who's going to read Romans 6, 16? Thank you. Uh, one, I was reading 17. You read 17? Who has? Oh, Christine. <laughs> Romans 6, 16. Yeah. And then I'll come back and pick up on it. Don't let me forget. Let's see. Oh, good morning, Jesse, and everyone out there, by the way. Good morning. Let's see. Um, oh, my goodness. Chapter 6 of Romans, verse 16. I, I've never looked up uh, anything, like any Bible verses off the phone. You know do what? So I, I've never looked up anything on, the bi- uh, on my phone. Why not? You look up everything else on your phone. <laughs> That's true. Well, so well, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting different. No, I'm, I'm getting different versions here, <laughs> so it might not be the uh, the one that right that suits you. But okay, Romans six sixteen. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which lead to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Amazing. Uh, Baba, go to that. Let me read you up for that, too. So good. That's what I'm looking for. Baba, go to that. I want to hear his, because this Bible is a little, I think it's a Catholic Bible or something. Romans 6, 16. We'll come back to you. I'm sorry? What is the implication? I'm reading now. Oh, okay. Okay. 6, 16? Yes. Okay. What is the implication that we are free to sin now that we are not under law but under grace? Out of the question, you know well that if you undertake to be somebody's slave and obey him, you are the slave of him you obey. You can be the slave either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to saving justice. Amazing. And the last one is six, 17 of Rome. You know how men are slaves to women? Women are sex dealers. And men are sex addicts. They're slaves. That's why they become little boys in relationships and everything. Just saying. But go ahead. Uh, Verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Thank you. You've been set free from sin. And because your heart changed, when you go and forgive, then God will forgive you and he'll change your heart. And then once he changes your heart, all those things and weaknesses and things you had prior to him saving you from that, will start to fall away. And so if you do find yourself in a, in a situation like what Chanel mentioned, you wouldn't give in to it. But let's say you did, you're new, you're still weak, you're growing. The, the sin would not be the act itself. 
the sin would be your judgment of the act. If you got mad at yourself, if, if Satan able to make you say, oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. Now you're like, oh, I hate myself. The moment that's the sin is to judge yourself. Because if she did find herself in a situation like that and she is a Christian, uh, she would know not to do it. But let's say she did it. She would realize I should have done that. But she wouldn't hate herself for it. She wouldn't hate the guy for it. She wouldn't judge herself. And, he, and she'll lose that appetite. And if she get in that situation again, it'd be nothing. And when he, she wouldn't give it to her because she wouldn't have the appetite of, of it anymore because she did not judge it. The sin is the judgment. And what Adam did, Adam denied, uh, he doubted his father. When Eve went over and told him, well, uh, well, my daddy Satan told me to tell you, don't listen to him. You don't listen to your daddy. Your daddy is trying to control you. And once he believed her who had believed the serpent, he doubted God, his father. Prior to that, he had a, uh, he had a perfect relationship with the father because he believed in the father. He believed what the father said. Now that's why when you, now once you wake up and you doubt every thought, you automatically have faith in the father. You believe the father. Adam doubted and fell away. When we believe, we come back. And the only way you're going to believe is that you doubt, you must doubt, you must be born again, but you must doubt every thought. And so a lot of, I want you to, don't learn this, I want you to hear me. The sin is not the act. The sin is your judgment of the act. Playing God. Hating yourself as though you're in control of something and you're not in control of anything. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. I mean, know nothing. That's why in that fallen state, seem to have you doing all kind of weird stuff. Stuff you say, I would never do. I would never be jealous. Or I would never have sex I will. I would never. And you find yourself doing it, right? But once you come back to the Father, you would never do those things because you're fulfilled. You don't need to do them. It won't be necessary. Because now you have the perfect love, and the perfect love casts out all that. So the sin is playing God. When you hate your fellow man, that's why God is love. And, and when we become his children, we have to love all too. We will not have to. You would naturally love all people, even your enemy, because you have no, you see that they can't see. And you would hold nothing against them because you know yourself and you know how you were before you overcame. The sin is the judgment. I want you to, and if you doubt me, just pay attention. You will see. The sin is the judgment, but the lying preachers have told you it's the sex. Now, what happens is, and then I'll, I'll come to you. Got later there, here, and here too. Right? What happens is, I notice what I've seen this all my life, or well, most of my life. I noticed that with Christians, not all, they are some of the most dishonest people you ever want to meet. They are. They're not honest people at all. They'll talk about you behind your back. I used to work for a hospital, and I used to work with Christians. I worked in a, a, a transcriber department, and I worked with some Christian ladies who just all over the place, quote the Bible, Talk about the end time. Oh, the Lord's going to take me up. <laughs> and while at the same time they were stealing equipment from the bosses, pens and papers and 
And they would cheat in all the eight hours. They would be doing things instead of working. They, they promised, okay, you pay me $100 an hour, I'll work full eight hours for you. But they wouldn't work the whole eight hours, especially if the boss wasn't looking. And I just say, how in the world do these people think that they are Christians when they're not keeping their words when you're not looking at them? If you're a true Christian, your boss would never have to worry about you. The husband or the wife would never have to be concerned because you're going to do the right thing. It wouldn't be an issue. Have you seen Christians who still at work? They steal time, all kind of stuff. And they call themselves Christian. You can't do that if you're a child of God. You cannot do it. But if you're not a child of God but claiming to be, you can do it. You can lie to your husband or wife or your boss or, or, or the sister in the alley. You can lie. That's a song, in case you haven't heard it. Uh, that makes sense? So listen, I don't want you to learn this. Get to know for yourself so you know that you know. Stop sinning. Stop hating. And watch how everything starts to fall away. And eventually it will be as though you don't even have a past. I was telling James this morning uh, here at the church that when I think about myself, I try to remember what was I like then as opposed to now. And I'm really not much different. My personality is somewhat the same. I just don't do the things I used to do. I don't have that. It's like I don't have that same desire because I used to have so many ladies. You know, like they call me sweetback. <laughs> <laughs> and I never imagined that you could live and have a peaceful, perfect life like that. I don't have fear of people. I'll be honest with you whether you like me back or not. It's fine because I love you and I want you to wake up. You know, so I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I've seen so many Christians fall away from friendships and things like that. The moment they get mad, they'll love you up until they get mad. And the moment they get mad, that's it. It changed the whole relationship. There's no room for anything. Either you be like I want you to be or nothing. Have you seen Christians like that? But I'll lie. You get mad at me, fine. You come back and say, hey, I was wrong. I'm sorry. No big deal. Because I understand you can help him. And when you wake up as sons and daughters of God, you're going to understand too. You'll speak up, but you won't hate. Young lady in white. Yes, ma'am. So I, it makes complete sense to me that the, the sin is the judgment that you have about it. Yes. Um, and the playing God, that, that makes total sense to me. I, I just feel a little confused by the example of, like, if you're not married yet and you're dating and you're tempted to kiss someone, um, I do, I do believe that if you fully have come into the light, you you're not tempted by anything. And if you're and, tempted, you you you'll be able to resist it. Right. And the, and the tempter is. I want you. Really, this is so good. The temptation is what the thought that they give you about the guy or the girl. If the guy says, "Oh, I want to kiss you." You're like, oh, I love you. I want to kiss, too. This is Satan talking to you, right? But, but if you come into the light and Satan just tell you that, you can see it. Yeah. You recognize voice and you won't give into it. Yeah. My, so my, but my main confusion about it, though, is that um, I've, I've heard you say, like, God allows us to be in a fallen state so that we can have babies. Right. <laughs> and so if you're not married yet, don't you need to be 
don't you need to be tempted? How are, should, should you should you try to fully come into the light when you haven't even been married yet? Now that's a good question. If you want a, if you want a family, right? Yeah, if you want a family. And let's say like, that you meet I some am guy. married, but I don't have a family. I was never able to have a child yet, and I still ha- have a little hope I could get a miracle. Right uh, so I wonder if should I be trying to should I be trying to get past all, all temptation altogether? Well, no. Let me tell you this: when you are in a fallen state, because the only way you can come together, a man and woman come together, uh, is in that fallen state. You're like lusting yeah. after each other, and yeah. they call that love, but it's yeah. really just sex. And once you realize, you know what, I want to have some babies here. You say to the guy, hey, if you want to have some babies, we got to get married. Mm-hmm. And so you get married and you have a truckload of white babies <laughs> because we need more white babies. <coughs> and then once you have all the babies, then you cut out the sex and start to know yourself and return to the father. And then with your kids, you'll pass love down to them rather than hate. Is it possible for... for for someone like if you're already saved, can you find a, a can you find a spouse <laughs> in if that? You, I, I feel worried about Charnel somehow. <laughs> I, 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 I want her to find somebody. And I, I, I don't have to be worried. About okay. <laughs> I believe that when God wants to bring my spouse to me, He will. Okay. I don't believe in women going out looking for a spouse. Um, yeah. I don't believe in women yeah. lowering them their standards down to giving a man sex or whatever before marriage. I believe that if marriage is for me, God will bring him to me, and, no. and I will know. It's it's not okay. it's something that I'm, I don't have a singles disease or anything. Like I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but the one thing I do want to tell you, once you are truly, truly born again, you it's impossible to get married. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. Because about. once you're truly born again, you have perfect love, and it yeah. doesn't feel like anything is missing. Yeah, Not, that's what I'm. There's thinking. nothing missing. Yeah. The only way you can get married, you have to be in a fallen state, so something is missing. Yeah. You look for love, or you look for something, right? But if you have perfect love, you're you're not going to look for love, so you wouldn't be drawn to a man in that way. Mm-hmm. So it has to happen before you return to the Father. Yeah. Otherwise, you would never get married. Yeah, I, I feel like there has to be some kind of a, an intermediate state. That's why we where you, you're not fully you're not fully saved, but you still understand that that playing God is a sin and that trying to um, you know control the world is a sin. Where you still understand that, and you, you can have a lot less suffering in your life, but maybe you're not. I don't know. I just feel like there has to be some kind of an intermediate state there for for people that are in the process of finding a mate and having babies that. I don't know you listen to Satan I think maybe <laughs> I do that I do that a lot that's why <laughs> that's why I'm here <laughs> yeah I'm glad I'm glad um, I don't there's no inner inner what an intermediate state glad, so. where you're where you, know, you don't you have to suffer that? so much but you're not <laughs> because I, I I feel so much better after I feel so much better after hearing what you've said about don't hang on to your thoughts and about playing God. Yeah. I, I thought God needed my help to figure out the world, you know, right. and I was holding on to every thought and I was so miserable. And, um, yeah, in the silent prayer, I mean, I just feel so much better. Right on. I think you could feel better without being. What I would recommend, uh, do you want a child? You're married. Do you want a baby? I I think I do. 
You're not sure? I'm about to talk to God for you. You're going to talk to God for yeah, me? So I need to know so I can tell him. Okay. Now I plan. <laughs> Do you want a baby? Maybe I'm not sure. I, I might just feel like I should, that that I that I didn't. Um, uh, yeah, I might just feel like I like that I should, and that I should. I really want to give that to my husband. Do you want a baby? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not getting it. Do you want a baby? Can I, can I have to tell you, Satan keeps telling me that my dog is my baby. <laughs> and I feel I feel satisfied. But but it's it's actually, I don't. It's a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling to love a dog that much. I, I recognize that there's something wrong with it. There's yes. something not right about, about, yeah. So do you want a baby? I, I have to meditate on that some more. I'm sorry. I have to meditate on it some more. I feel like I, I said yes. It would just be to get out of this situation. Uh, so you you don't know if you want one or not. I don't know if I want one. Okay, well forget about it. Okay. As uh, Chanel mentioned, seek first the kingdom of God in His right way. Yeah. And He knows your heart desire. Yeah. More than you can even imagine. Yeah, yeah. And if it's meant to be, it will be. Yeah. And if it's not meant to be, you would not be missing anything. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah. I used to want 10 kids when I was growing up, and I only had one. Uh-huh. And now I'm glad I only had one. I don't want any more. You know, because I'm fulfilled. I have perfect peace, so nothing is missing. So seek the kingdom. You on, It's not like you're on the right track. Do you decide, are you doing it every day and night? Uh Twice a day, every day. Some, if I don't get in the morning, I do the afternoon. But I haven't missed a day since I started doing it. I have. How about a, a night? I, every night, every single. Okay, day. Okay, stay with the prayer. Yeah. Speak up. Doubt every thought, and whatever will be, will be. It'll yeah. be amazing. Yeah. All right. It's been amazing so far. Yeah. Uh, any questions for me? This is your first time here. Uh, no, I was here last week. Oh, yeah. oh, that was you. Yeah, yeah, you Down talked to here. me. <laughs> oh, I, I miss Miss Lacey. Uh, and so, did you talk to your parents? No, I didn't. Why not? Uh, well, well, one of one of my the best things I think you say is don't do anything because I said so. Right. And I, I I still don't feel it for myself that I that I resent them. I don't I don't I don't believe it yet that I resent them. I think I resent myself. Why do you resent yourself? Um, I, I always had a. I mean, I may have inherited it somehow through my mother a guilt complex, like that everything is my fault. Because looking back, I I can remember having anger as a as a child yes. and frustration and um and and yeah. So uh, I'm sorry. What was the question? Go forgive Why? her for that. Even if I don't feel like I hold it against her. But it's, it is affecting you. That's why you can remember it now. Once you forgive, you cannot remember. But but I don't remember anything she did. did I just you, I just know that she had that same issue. What do you think? She, so did you get that from her? Like in a, if you could pass it through your DNA type of way. But no, through the spirit. If you had a crazy mama, you're gonna be a crazy daughter. <sighs> And I, and I hear what you're saying. I but do hear what you're it. saying. Yeah. Smoke, uh, G, you have an extra joint? No. I don't smoke know. on it. Smoke on it. You're right. Don't force it. Now that you're doing the silent prayer, you're speaking up, you're paying attention, it will be revealed to you. Yeah. 
whatever's in there, he'll show it to you. Yeah. And you'll just overcome it. But yeah. if you see you need to go and forgive, make sure you go and forgive. And you don't think there's any way to forgive yourself? Like anybody that has a hatred toward themselves, it oh, has yeah. to be that they hate their parents? Yeah, stop hating yourself too. Realize that whatever happened, there's nothing you can do about it. Can what? I start with me? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Why do you hate yourself again? I'm sorry. Um, I... When I and I don't so much, and I th- I think I, I'm I'm I think you I'm don't getting hate over yourself? it. Ah, I have. You about to make me drink? I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I just, no, I'll, I'll mess with you. You know, I made a lot of. Do you hate mistakes. yourself or you don't hate yourself? Because you said it before, you're saying it again. Yeah. That you believe you hate yourself. At this moment, I don't feel like I do at all. But at how this about moment. other moments? Um, I mean, not since I've been doing the silent prayer, I don't. So you don't hate yourself? No. Why did you hate yourself in the beginning? Uh, I, um, I, I, I just felt responsible for everything. And I, like and I always felt like the, the, the hurt that I caused other people just tormented me and tormented me and just kept making me hurt people more. Right. Um, I'm, I'm the person that that cheated on two husbands. And I, I, felt, I felt guilty bef- for past Anybody relationships. before. <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm, I'm remarried. Oh, um, and I, it's time and to I'm do done. a third cheating. What's that? Uh-huh. Three strikes and you're out. Not I two. know that it's not, no, it's not going to no, ever happen again. And, but, uh, but, but when you feel guilty, it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. And, and why that's do you why feel I'm, guilty? Um, you're right about that. When you feel guilty about it, mm-hmm. you'll do it again. Yeah, and yeah. it happen over and over. But why are you feeling guilty? Uh, or did you feel guilty? I did feel because I thought that it's my responsibility to make sure that the world is okay, or that um, it. And I so, felt guilty from the playing God thing that I. So you that cheated I should, on your husbands to to make the world better? No! Oh my gosh! No! <laughs> To make them better? No, uh, no. To make the other guys better? No. What do you mean by I thought the world needed to be okay? Yeah, it sounds really confusing. No, that's where the guilt came from. That's where oh, the... so you had this guilt that you wanted the world to be okay. And then the bad things, the, the evil okay. things that I did, the totally evil things that I did came out of the guilt. But right. the guilt came from... This, it's it's very paradoxical because yeah you the harder you try to be a good person the worse person you are you can't be a good person you can't be a good person that's right yeah. that's right that's exactly what it was so let me just break it down so you wanted the world to be a better place right <laughs> sounds ridiculous but it's <laughs> <laughs> <sounds> ridiculous <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you heard of michael jackson Yes. Uh-uh. So you wanted the world to be a better place. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> and so the, you saw that the world is not a better place. And so you felt guilty because the world is not a better place. Am I saying this right? Um, I... I just felt responsible that, it, that if the world was good, it would it would be because I'm being good, and if the world is bad, it's because I'm being bad. And so the that wor- it's, you saw that it's it- kind of all on me what the world 
is, and that's and it's. Rid- I see that it's ridiculous. I don't know. You're not answering my question, Joel. Yeah. Can you help me, Joel? Black. She's saying, if if I'm getting it right, is she felt like she was adding. To Let her have a mic and take the mic that he has. This is so interesting. Is this interesting? That she felt like she was, if she did bad, she felt like she was she was part of the reason why the world is bad. If she did good, she felt like she was part of the reason why the girl. Yeah. Is that bad. right? Yes. Yeah. That's pretty. So good. you looked out and you saw the world is a bad place. Hmm. No, not necessarily. <laughs> you don't have it either, buddy. <laughs> no, but, but what Joel said is right that it, that the that the world is is good or bad based on what I do. But you have and anything to do me, with the world. I know, and I know that now. I but see you thought that now. you did. I thought I did. So why do you yeah. think that? Uh, I was. I was raised to think that. I was Who raised in a, a social justice church. Oh, the preacher told you that. Uh, yeah, everybody told me that. What did they tell you that you should make the world better? Yeah. By doing what? Oh, by being a good person. <laughs> oh, I see. And so you could not be a good person, and you felt yeah. guilty. And having compassion and I got uh, caring about everything and everybody. Yeah. And, and because you could not be that, yeah. you felt guilty about it. Yeah. And as a result, you got married, and then that guilt it causes yeah. you to it yeah. caused you to cheat. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. And then when you cheated, you hated yourself for that. Yeah. Because this good person is cheating. Right? Yeah, well, and I mean, I was hurting people. Your husbands? Uh, yeah. Did they know you were cheating? I, I yeah, I told them. I mean, I, I, yeah, I told them. Oh, you said so. I I'm going them. out tonight and I'm going to cheat. No. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> so you told them about it after you cheated? Yes. And what made you tell them? I thought it was the right thing to do. And then you later found out. I, and I thought that was me. I thought that was me loving them and like being respectful enough to for them to be honest. And looking back, it was a way to to if I tell them, then I'll have to get myself under control. And oh. so I was doing it for myself because I wasn't controlling myself. And um, I totally understand that. And 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 to relieve my own guilt, you know, it wasn't looking back. Uh, I just listened to a church service from a couple months ago where you said, "Don't tell if you if a no, man cheats, don't, don't tell." tell. And right. it makes sense to me. I hear how some people might think that's horrible, but it kind of makes sense to me. You've been that's another lie that the world have taught people. Yeah. If you cheat, you have to tell. Especially the women, they want you to tell them everything, right? And yeah. the moment you tell them, they judge you. Yeah, it's best not to cheat. But if yeah. you fall into that, don't do it again. And the problem is you resent yourself for doing it because the church said you're supposed to be good and you're trying to make yourself be good, not knowing you could not do anything of yourself. You can't make yourself good. So you had this guilt thing going. And then when you cheated, you went and told them about it and just made things worse. Had you not been told that you can make yourself better, you wouldn't have felt that way and you would not have cheated. So let that go. You couldn't help it. Don't hold that against yourself anymore. And once you see that I'm wrong with all this guilt and stuff, uh, God will forgive. He's, he's not holding it against you anyway, but you'll be free from it. Let that go. And then if you uh, stop playing God, you would not cheat on this husband you're with yeah. now. It won't yeah. happen. It's not going to happen. That makes sense? Yeah. And you realize now that you can't make yourself be perfect or good or anything. Mm-hmm. God has to do it through you. Yeah. Do you understand that? 
And I know to stop listening to my thoughts. Yes. Because that's also what led me. I just, you know, became obsessive. I become obsessive. I I used to become obsessive about people and just believing my thoughts. Were you all into the Bible and all that too? No. Did you read the Bible? Uh, Not too much. Well, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no. Uh, cause I know a lot of Christians, uh-huh. they cheat, they do stuff that are wrong, and they quote the Bible on the way there yeah. to do it. Yeah. First uh-huh. John said, okay, I can't help it. Uh-huh. But just relax, you'll be fine. And, and you're doing the right thing, doubt every thought. Yeah. And when you doubt the thought, you have faith in the Father. And it's not a feeling, it's just a light unto your feet. Mm-hmm. Alright? Yeah. Because you can't make yourself believe. That's another thing I used to think. That you can make yourself believe in God. That you can read the Bible, you can go to church, you can quote the scriptures, you can teach Bible class, and all that, and that's going to make you believe in God. It doesn't. Yeah. It really doesn't. And you can't make yourself love people. No. I, I've i been practicing what you've said about just observe and have no opinion. And yes. I, I used to be, um, uh, no, I, I mean, I guess I have been shy and... Uh, and uh, just passing someone on the street, I would try to build myself up like I'm going to look them in the eye and I'm going to see them as a beautiful person and I'm going to be, you know, and then just the, what would come out of my mouth would be so weak. <laughs> but but now, I, I, if you look at someone and you have no opinion, there's a kind of a love there that's yes. not, it's a kind of a love that you can't, you don't even know what it you can't believe that that would come out from having exactly. no opinion about someone. <laughs> that is so deep. You're yeah. so right about that. That's an amazing thing. And when I talk to someone looking at them like that, it sounds like my voice. It doesn't sound like some weak, pathetic. It's amazing. That's right. Wow. It's amazing. That's amazing. It's amazing. Now you see why I say amazing. <laughs> yeah, I <huh>? do. <laughs> that is so amazing. When you don't have the judgment in your heart, you see things differently. You see people as they are. You don't judge them, you don't, and you can treat them the way they need to be treated. I noticed that with my employees, I can tell when they're lying, I can tell when they're covering up, I can tell when they're sneaking around. So I ask them about it, I see where they're coming from, but I don't judge them for it. And I just kind of hang out, let them think they're getting away with something. And then I, <laughs> and then even then, I, I'm not mad at them about anything, because I understand it's in here, their heart has not been changed yet. Right on. So you'll be fine. That makes sense? Yep. So don't, you know now not to judge yourself at all. So what happened with those two husbands, mm-hmm. it's over with. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. And so don't, don't let Satan feed it to you like it still exists. Because mm-hmm. if you resent it, you will cheat on the next one. All right? Yep. Okay. Amazing. Oh, right here, then James is in this young lady. Yes, you've been waiting a long time. Oh, and then here. I know you have another question. I think we'll give it to him. Because <laughs> yes. about the temptation, I was about to say the same, that basically the temptation is gone. It's not there anymore. Right. If you don't have sin. But one thing I did think is once I overcame well, sin. Well, the temptation, anyway, is being, you're being tempted by Satan through your imagination. Right. Because you think, you feel, and then you act. Remember when uh, Satan tempted Jesus, and he was up on the mountain somewhere, and he went up and said, you know, if you bow down and worship me, something like I'll give you the world. That's how he tempted you in here. 
But Jesus said, no, get behind me, whatever, right? So when you resist him, you're doing the same thing. You're saying, no, get behind me, it's not going to work. Exactly, not even participate in the conversation. Um, right, but- not even participate. And you will get to the point where you will not talk back with the devil. Right now, some of you are still talking to him. He's like, don't drink too much water. You're like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> but after a while, you know it's him, yeah. and you would not even communicate with him. Absolutely, all. man. But there's one thing that I feel now is that I want to have kids because I love God. You do uh, wait upon him? Are you dating right now? No. You have no wife or anything? Nothing. Okay, well, if it's meant to be, it will happen in the right way. Yeah, because, I mean, this is, I mean, his creation, and having kids is part of growing his creation. And that, that's how I feel. Oh, okay. Like it's a, uh, right on. Um, James. Man, it's time to go by. All right, some super chats. Thank you. How Appreciate people, you. How do people get wisdom, and how do you judge with discernment? So, wisdom can only come from God. Not out of your head, it's revealed to you. And so when you start to doubt, when you overcome the fallen state, when you are born again, you become a son or daughter of God, and now you start to recognize his voice and the voice of Satan, so you stop listening to Satan, and then you live by the wisdom of God. Everything you do is from him. It's just that easy. All right. Um, are children of Satan incapable of doing good? Impossible to do good when you're in a fallen state. Because in order to do good, you have to be good. And until you are born again of him, you're no good. And it's not you that's good, but your father in you is good living through you. But everybody in a fallen state is no good. Does a man of God ever have the need to get physical, or is that always is there always anger required in that? Um, is it always logical to try to talk your way out of getting in the physical, like a fight? You have to wait and see. No, sometimes you have to fight your way out. But you have greater power because you're not. When you have the mind of God, the consciousness of God, and you need to fight, you, you don't go into a fallen state to fight. You know how sometimes when you get mad, you get cloudy, and you can't really see what you're doing? Well, if, you have, if you're free, you're in the light, you won't get mad. You can, you'll see how to knock that person out right away. you just knock them out. And then you'll pick them up and say, hey, let's go have some lunch. Because you're not, it's not personal. You're just protecting yourself from them. And it's hard for children of God to get along with those people in the fallen state because once they get mad with you, you're like, you know what, you all messed up, you're wrong, right? And they get all mad. And then you say, oh, let's go have some lunch. I don't want no lunch. They don't want to talk to you, but it's not bothering you at all. It's not personal, but they can't be friends. Uh, one more, James. Okay. Okay. I got it right. right now. Coming from an, uh, this person comes from an Adventist family. What do you think about the commandment about saving the Sabbath? What's an Adventist family? I don't know, but Seventh-day Adventist, I think. But what do you think about honoring the Sabbath, keeping that commandment? Crazy. I don't know. Because it's the spirit now. We don't have to worry about the rituals that we've been taught, right? Because when you 
you're going to naturally have that quiet time with God. You're going to naturally do it. You're going to pull away from the public, from the crowd, from your job, and you're going to go and and appreciate Him. You know, but you're just going to have it. Everything is of the spirit. Now, it's not all this physical stuff that we've been taught. Seven days. What days should we worship God? What days should we take off? Where was Jesus born? Where was he not born? All that madness is unnecessary now. It's of the spirit now. It's spiritual. It's about the spirit and not the physical. So, I don't know. Um, this young lady here, and then over the corner. Yes. Um, my question is about repentance. So in order to repent, we must feel guilty about what we've done, correct? In order to feel sorry about what we've done, and then we repent, and then we can be born again. Is that correct or no? Well, it's not God who caused you to feel guilty. So he doesn't need you to feel guilty in order for you to repent because guilt only comes when you play God with yourself, when you judge yourself. In order to repent, you have to see that you're wrong. And not feel anything about it? Once you see that you're wrong, mm-hmm. well, you're going to feel something because in that father state, you're an emotional person. Satan is your daddy, so you're either built up or you're let down. You're happy or you're sad. You're in or you're out. You're up or you're down, right? Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> But and so when you examine yourself to see why am I like this, you know, I used to go to Christian Christian Center and I went there for seven years and I used to read the Bible. I spoke in tongues. I did everything they said do. But I was still up and down emotionally. And so finally I asked God to let me see what's wrong with me. You know, why am I like this? And, and I'm reading the Bible. I'm going to church. I'm working on the committees. I'm giving money. I'm doing everything. And then, but the, the fact that I wanted to see what was wrong with me, because I couldn't see, he allowed me to see that it was in me, I had that anger. And all the church going and the Bible toting and all that was going to solve it. I had to see that I was wrong for being angry, for, for, for judging. I was playing God. Because I thought I could, as this young lady did, I thought I could fix myself by reading the Bible, or praying in tongues, or giving to the poor. But none of that fish you at all. You have to see that you're wrong. And when you see that you're wrong, you will repent. You will forgive. You will whatever you need to do. And then you'll be born again. Okay. So you draw you in. That's why he said before you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must forgive. Because okay. that anger is Satan nature. So my, it, my question comes because from doing the silent prayer... You said now we're in the process of growing, so we are going to have moments where we're going to listen to Satan and do things that we don't want to do and lose control of ourselves right. and fall back. Right. So when we do those things, and now that we're aware of what we're doing, um, you're saying that we don't need to repent again and ask for forgiveness about having that fallout in order to come back out. Are you repent to God or repent to the person you offended? Both. You have to apologize. You should apologize to the person that you offended. But the moment you can see that you uh, have fallen into disbelief, you believe Satan and you're feeling this way. That's God. His God who allows you to see. You can't see it on your own. He allows you to see that. So you're fine with God. He just tells you to cool out. You just drifted into darkness. You'll be fine. But don't judge yourself for it. So the repentance was only necessary to be you only have one time, one time to repent. One t- once to live and once to die. 
So you're already dying in that fallen state. Now you're being born again, you're living. So once you see you're wrong and repent, he draw you in, you never have to be born again. You can't be born again again. And a lot of people think you can, but you can't. You only have once to be born again. Once so to that, die, once to live. that guilt feeling from having judging. sin, in, even though you're growing, is Satan judging. It's me believing Satan and judging myself. 100%. Therefore sinning. By yeah, he's telling you, oh, you're supposed to be a, a beast-stealing, no kind of person. Or you say all these nice things in front of Jesse, but look at you. You're mean to your husband or you're mean to the cat. And the moment you believe that, you, he got you. Because he'll give you one thing to believe then and something else to believe to finally feel like it's all over. You feel like you're lost again. Because that's what a lot of pastors say. They say that in after we're born again, we're going to keep on sinning. But then the key is to repent after we sin. And then we're, we're back liars. on track. And that's, that's, They're deceivers. Yeah, absolutely. They are bag of bones. They are everything bad. Don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. You only have once to be born again. And, and then just, just become aware and recognize that you were wrong, ask for forgiveness, and then move on. Don't ask for forgiveness. If you, if you sin against... You, let's say you, you mean like, who do you ask? Once you're born again, you don't have to ask anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're sinning, if you're causing harm to other people. You apologize to that person if you're doing them wrong. Okay. Like, you know what? I'm sorry. I was crazy. I fell into the darkness. And forget it. Mm-hmm. And if they're any good, they'll let it go too. That makes sense? Yep. All right. Did you have your hand? Uh, yeah, I raised it for a second. Okay, take the mic. <clears throat> and then um, over here, over there. Okay, okay. So when... Um, <laughs> They're yelling at me already, rolling eyes. <laughs> it's 1230. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I hear you always talk about how you have to forgive your father and your mother. Right. So if you're resenting like anybody, do you have to go forgive them? Yes. You don't person, have to go... Is, well, see, the beauty about this, once you forgive your parents, especially your father, you're going to return to your father, and, and that spirit of anger or hatred would be taken away from you, and it'll be done. Okay. Salvation is return to the father. That's why God said, there will come a day when I return the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children, because in that father's state, they're in the nature of their mother, which is the nature of Satan. And so once you forgive the mother and who have turned you away from your father most of the time, you will forgive your father for holding that against him in that moment. Because loving your father just means don't hate him. It's impossible to love God and hate your father. And so the <clears throat> moment you forgive your earthly father, you're free. So just worry about forgiving those two. Don't worry about forgiving maybe somebody else that I'm resenting. Do that first. And then that'll oh, yeah, take, yeah, don't think about that. that'll take care of if that. that needs to happen, it'll, it'll happen. Okay. And yeah. then my next question is... Because if I had to go and forgive people that I offended when I was in the fall state, I'd still be out there forgiving. <laughs> I'd be down in Alabama. I'd be up in Chicago. I'd be everywhere. <laughs> but no, it's done. Yeah. Okay, and then um, when I got married, I married for the wrong reasons. And so I feel like I'm kind of... Not knowing what to do with that. You don't know what to do with it? Yeah. Do you want to leave her? I think so. You do? Yeah. Tell Mary to be quiet. Mary, get off the phone and be quiet. Her Tourette's kicking in. That's my friend. She has Tourette's. And so... uh, 
So you want to leave her. Why do you want to leave? How long have you been married again? Like six months. Six months? Oh, that's cheap. Annulment. No, no. Uh, why do you want to leave? Because um, I feel like I did it for the wrong reasons. Like I was forcing I, I thought I needed to be with somebody and I needed a family and she already had a daughter. It was like an instant family. I thought I wanted to be a dad. And uh, like I'm still going through all these changes kind of. And um, yeah. yeah, I understand that. And only six months, right? Yeah. What do you recommend he do? Me? Uh-huh. Let him talk and speak into the mic. This is so good. Isn't it good? I'm having a hoop daddy of a time. This is this is church. I realize that church is not learning the teaching of God or Christ or whatever you want. It's discovering him. It's remembering what you already knew. It's fellowshipping like this. You examine yourself and you remember you already knew him. The people that teach you are screwing you up. But when you have to discover from within, you've been made whole. But go ahead. Um, that's a hard, that's a hard one. He'd been married six months. He married a woman with a child already. He thought he would have a family right away. He changing. He realized he got married for all the wrong reason. And he want to know what should he, what would you recommend? Uh, you got to stick with it, I guess. I don't, I don't, there's nothing I can really recommend. Really? Yeah. I'm glad you didn't meet him on the street. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hard one. Chanel, what would you recommend? Tough one. Never been in that situation before. Um, I've I've seen God restore marriages, and I believe since you're already in a a covenant, because before God, marriage is a serious thing, and so and He hates divorce. But um, it's not a covenant. He did it for the wrong reason. He didn't really mean it. He was just playing. <laughs> I, I think it's it's an internal an internal issue that I think you have to overcome, and perhaps through that, God will give you the grace to um, to be the husband to your wife. That's uh, the oh, best okay. I can do. Victoria, <laughs> okay. what you recommend? I, and, and then I'll, I'll wind it down, folks. I am wind it down. You got my word back there. What would you recommend to this? He met you down the road. You looked all holy. He told you this situation. I've been with a woman. Six months, I realized I'm married for the wrong reason. She already has a child. What would you recommend for me? You would say? I feel so horrible. Um, Speaking to the mic for me? I'm being dramatic. (laughs) You feel horrible? I I feel horrible, but I'm like, no, I'm just being dramatic. Uh, I would tell him to 86 that thing because. 86? Get rid of it. What do you mean? Oh. Kill it. (laughs) Okay. But the only reason I would say it is because he has already realized he did it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I don't know how they can recover from that. Right. So. Okay. What would you recommend in the back? Yeah. Uh-huh. You got a lady behind you. Uh, oh, you need a mic. I think you should apologize to the wife and the daughter and just let them know that he was wrong for whatever he did um, and just get out of that situation. Amazing. Yeah. And the last one, what would you recommend? You had your hand for this? What would you recommend? Uh, a few months after finding you, I was in kind of the same spot, but I wasn't married and she didn't have a kid. 
but it was coming coming out of a cloud. Yeah. And uh, as crazy as it sounded, it was the right thing. I tell her, this is I'm with you for the wrong reasons. I realize I don't know why I'm even with you, and it would just be bad for you. And I can see I'm already kind of making you worse. Yeah. And just walk away. And if it's meant to be, you'll come back to her. Yeah. The young lady is absolutely right. I would leave it. It's only six months. She has a child, and you shouldn't be with her anyway because the child needs her. The father's not around. And so the child needs their own parent. And the, 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 the daughter... Uh, come here with the microphone. <laughs> so uh, her father, the child and their father committed suicide. The child and, father did? Yeah. And, uh, There's all more than reason you should get and out of the way. And she's calling me dad, and it, I, it doesn't feel I, like I don't like it. And right. I feel bad that I don't like it, but yeah. I don't want her to call me dad. Right. Yeah, I would take my wife and talk to her and say, look, I made a mistake here. Uh, I should not have done this. And realizing now I don't want to be married. I definitely don't want to be married with a woman with children. I'm not your child's father. And I apologize. As the young lady said, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And especially six months. Uh, I don't think they can take your stuff at six months, right? <laughs> she has more than I have. Oh, good. Okay. We're telling her she can have everything and hit the road. But I think it's a blessing that you can see it now before the daughter really get into you and she gets into you and all that. Well, it all started happening at this t- time that I was, like, I was changing and I was yeah. seeing some of your videos. And, um, like, yeah, I did marry her as, like, a, a mother figure in a sense. Yeah. You know, she's completely the opposite of my mom. But uh, I can see that. I can see how that works. Yeah, well, apologize to her and go your way. Yeah. She may not like it, but she'll appreciate it in the long run. Yeah, it's hard, though. What now? I said it's hard. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But to, you got to do the right thing. It's not right that you even stay with her knowing you don't want to be with her. You're going to be miserable. You're going to leave eventually. And so it's best to do it now while it's still new. And most, well, I, I keep getting caught up thinking like my thoughts are tricking me or what, you know. Well, don't listen to any thoughts about it. Every thought is a lie. Yeah, but the, so like when you say that, that you can see how this is complicated then, right? Cause if you doubt every thought, it wouldn't be complicated. It would not be complicated at all. Just don't believe anything the thought says about Well, I'm, I'm trying to doubt these thoughts, and so then I'm thinking that maybe the, the thoughts of me wanting to not... That, the thoughts that I have, the thoughts that I have of feeling like I married for the wrong reasons are incorrect. Like those are wrong. Yeah, don't believe your thoughts about anything. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure what to do, do nothing at this point. Wait until you can see clearly what to do. All right. All right. Joe, you had a question or something. I saw your hand a while back. Did you? Did I ever come to you? No, but it's kind of old news. Go ahead. <laughs> It was about the sin thing, and I was just saying that um, people who, you know, the Christians that say that they sin and that you can sin, they're usually the ones that are sleeping still because I realize once you start to wake up and you grow, you see what's going on. Like you, you see the evil, and because you see it, you avoid it. Right. And you see the results Absolutely. of it. Yeah. It's impossible to sin and be a child of God. Impossible. Absolutely. The last is over here, and then here, and then. Nobody raise your hand, all right? No more hand raises. 
Yes. Oh, you had a question too a while back. Go ahead. I had a question about the um, same thing about like when you're. She gave the example of she was tempted to to kiss or whatever, uh, and uh, it it reminded me of a passage where Christ says, um, even if you lust after another woman in your mind, yes, I tell you, you have committed adultery in your heart. It's all up there. And uh, so, I was wondering. So, the thought of like, oh, I should kiss him—that itself is a sin. If you dwell on it, but if you see it and let it pass, it's not. Then it's not okay. Right. All right. Right here, real fast, and then there, and then that's it. Nobody uh, else. <laughs> so I wanted to go back to Adam and Eve real quick. So. Oh Lord. All right. So, God gave Adam the chance to repent. And Adam didn't repent. He blamed the woman and blamed God right. in connection. But had he seen the mistake he made without judging, because him not seeing the mistake, he felt guilty, so he was trying to cover it. Right. Right? Uh-huh. He could have just seen the he mistake. Knew he like, was wrong, but he wouldn't admit it. He didn't it. want to admit it. He didn't want yeah. to own it. Right. But he knew inside himself. And if you notice, all people in a father's state, they have truckloads of excuses. They don't want to own it. They don't want to own it. The ego won't let them right. admit it's them. So it's owning it without feeling guilty, just being like, yeah. Without judging yourself. Bad. If you don't judge yourself, if right. he had just said, yeah, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. I did it. I'm sorry. The men wouldn't be suffering. The women would be suffering. Right. And we'd be happy. Right. That's all he had to do. <laughs> but that's, that's true. All right. That last one right there. Um, I just want to chime in on the gentleman in the front right here. The one um, that's going to leave his wife? Yeah, I was... <laughs> I was oh, he's leaving. Oh, he's leaving. <laughs> um, I was literally in the exact same situation within the last week, but I wasn't married. I was in a relationship. And Were you living with her? I was living with her, but I moved out a month ago or so. And I was feeling the same. He, She had a son, and he was already... He wanted that natural connection of a father, and I can't give him that. I'm not his dad. He's he's not my own. So there's only so much I can do for him. Like, you need to stop being this way, discipline him. But in the long run, man, it's not going to work. Yeah. I had a, I had to break up with her. And she agrees a lot with what Jesse has to say. And she was all for it. She understood. Oh, that's good, yeah. But once you tell her it's done, you will get that surge of madness in you. Like, all right, if I'm able to handle her, I can handle my mom. And I can handle my dad. And I can handle anything. Because you're not going to be, how Jesse says, you're not going to be beta. You're not going to be scared to step your foot down. You're not going to be scared so to true. man up. Yeah. And I feel you. You, you. you feel bad. Oh, man, like poor girl or son. She needs a father, but it's not you. You will feel much better with your own wife, with your own kids. Cause, and, they, and if you follow the order, like Jesse says, it will be awesome, man. It will be amazing. So I'm totally, this just happened on Thursday. We ended our relationship. So I totally feel you, man. You just can't. It's not going to work. You can try. You can put as many band-aids on top of it, but it's just not going to work. You just go out and find some other poor soul. And you're you're just in the way. You're in the way. You're in the way because if if she, the the, the child gets too involved with you and you leave, she's going to be resentful towards men. And there goes that cycle again of people in that fallen state. But you just have to step your foot down, man, and just take it. Take it and do it. And once you do it, you will be free for yourself to do what you want to do. 
to be a son of God, to do this. The woman going to appreciate it too because you're yeah. not leaving her for another woman. You're doing you're it for the right reasons. You're not doing it and you just realize at an early stage in the marriage that it's not right. It's not for me. I know I just need to be by myself. Yeah. Yep. She'll appreciate 100%. that. She may be mad in the beginning, but she'll think about finally a man was honest with me. Yep. And not cheating. He just admitted he was wrong and move on. And you're not doing anything wrong. You're not, you're not, there shouldn't be any anger as long as you're doing it right. Why yeah. should she be mad about that? And you'll be cool. Your conscience will be cool. Your soul will be fine. You're doing something right instead of doing something wrong. All right. And uh, what was I going to do? That was it. I thought we were ending. That's it. Happy birthday. Hold it. Let's do this first. Before you guys do that, hold on. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, I want to just say this. Just to say this about my birthday, uh, this Wednesday is the birth real date, the 22nd. And I can't believe I'm going to be 70 years old. Once I was 70 years old. <laughs> And it just, I can't put it together. You should see me at the gym. I'm jumping on boxes. I'm lifting heavy weights. Uh, a lot of energy. Uh, I don't feel that way at all. A friend asked me yesterday, do you feel 70? I'm like, no. I don't feel any age, to be honest with you. And it's hard for me to believe that I, I, and I could beat up anybody in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so amazing that I'm going to be 70 years I think my grandparents were slaves, and they made a mistake on the month in the year I was born. I think I was born in 1970. <laughs> but thank you all for the, the party that we're going to have here in a minute, and I appreciate the fellowship. I appreciate the fact that men and women are waking up of all races. You have no idea the blessing it is to see you guys and uh, ladies waking up. Because that's what Christ came for, and we have a chance to defeat evil with good, and because of God in us. So I'm real blessed. Uh, and for me to be doing what I'm doing, it's amazing. I didn't plan this at all. It's just mind-blowing, all right? And so thank you for it, and thank you all as well for the birthday wishes and the support for Bond and all that good stuff. And don't forget to donate to us. We absolutely appreciate it, all right? Uh, any announcement, Ernest? Don't forget the men's forum. June 15th, it's going to, I mean, the men's conference, it's going to be amazing. And men are signing up from all over the world, so I urge you to go to rebuildingaman.com and sign up for it as soon as possible. And it's for 13 and up, but if you decide you want to bring your younger sons, that's up to you. Or younger guys, that's up to you, all right? That's it, Hermes? All right, so don't forget to donate. And so, Joy, I'm going to come around, we're going to get out of a donation here, we're going to party. Yes. We're going to party. Okay. So get your donations ready, and I'll welcome the first time visitors. This is this is not your first time, huh? Is this your first time here? Oh, it is. Hold on, just one minute. Just be nice to the visitors.